Welcome to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. My name is Brandon Adams, lifestyle entrepreneur and inventor, passionate about helping others with creating something great and becoming unforgettable. Each week, we discuss helpful tips on becoming a successful entrepreneur and interview other entrepreneurs and inspirational people. Our goal is to help take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now, let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brittany C. Adams, and on today's show, we have Michael O'Neill, who has the podcast show, The Solopreneur Hour. You can check out more about him at solopreneurhour.com. But this guy, he, he knows podcasting, and he quite honestly, like, during the show, you're... I learned things about podcasting and will even help me change some of the things how I do my show. Quite honestly, I mean, he straight out told me right on the show, like how I should do it differently. And he wasn't wrong. There were some things that I thought, you know what? Honestly, I should do these changes. And that was one good lesson to take away from here. Like, don't have an ego. Like, just because you do things your way doesn't mean it's exactly right. So in this show, he's going to give some great tips about podcasting. And he has a program called The Art of the Interview, where he helps podcasters, interviewers to actually become better podcasters and, and to, to help get their reach out more and then to perfect the way they ask questions. And we even go in this interview, we do a couple examples where I could have asked different questions throughout the interview to target more towards you guys to the audience and to make it a better show. And he's actually, he's also buddies with my buddy, John Lee Dumas, uh, obviously since he's in the podcasting world. But Michael has some some good stories to tell. We actually go through a couple stories. We even talk about stand-up comedy and how that could be something you should go and check out because a comedian, honestly, is, is, is somebody that really has to craft their message, their story, and to keep the audience's attention, just like a podcast interviewer. Like, we have to keep your attention. We have to keep you entertained. Otherwise, you won't keep listening. So we give some great examples Highly suggest, like this is a great show to check out for if you want to start a podcast show or if you're a podcast uh, show, you have a couple shows already and you want to just learn how to become a better interviewer. For me, I can use it for my podcast shows and also for having the TV show Ambitious Adventures. Everybody should at least learn how to become a great interviewer and to learn how to ask the right questions and craft that story. So it is all in this show today. I, I'm excited. Let's jump right into it with Michael O'Neill. Let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brennan C. Adams, and on today's show, we have Michael O'Neill. How's it going, buddy? Doing awesome, man, and uh, really enjoying this uh, not quite sunny day in San Diego, <laughs> but but it'll get better. I know you are enjoying the sun in Orlando. Yeah, I am. I am, man. It's a lot better than Iowa because it's like below zero right there right now. So I'm glad I'm in the sunny area of Orlando. Uh, today, I want to jump into everything with you. I'm excited we got introduced by uh, Laura Peterson. And I just started checking out everything you're doing, which is awesome. You have the, the solopreneur and also you have art of the interview, which really interests me. We're going to jump into and you guys check out at www.artoftheinterview.co. And with podcasting, it's about asking the right questions, how to become a better podcast interviewer. But before we jump into that, Michael, 
I want to first start off like I do in every show. Tell me where you first got started as a young entrepreneur and how it led you to podcasting, led you to everything you're doing today. Well, I think if I told you how I got started as a young entrepreneur, it would be, you know, delivering papers when I was 13, but that has nothing <laughs> to do with, that has nothing to do with podcasting. Um, it, it, but I'll, I will say though, that there's something about, um, there's something about having those jobs when you were a kid that like, I feel like it, it really instills work ethic. And I remember being in, like, I was from um, Ohio and, uh, and from, and from Philadelphia we had brutal winters up there like you, you guys did in Iowa. And I was delivering papers when I was seven. I mean, in, in seventh grade, rather. And, you know, my, my friends were all cozy in their bed, you know, at 530 in the morning. And yeah. I was on, a, on my BMX bike, you know, in, in nine degrees or something like that, <laughs> delivering while listening to Barsky in the morning on Q105. Um, it's funny about that, too, is that I think growing up around... Um, around, you know, morning radio. And, and then I came from where Howard Stern came up. So I was like Philadelphia and New York yeah. were the first couple of markets that, that Howard Stern uh, was on the air. And when we were driving, we'd be driving out, you know, outside of Philadelphia on the Schuylkill Expressway. And this was like, oh man, I don't know, early, early nineties. No, not, not even, it had to be eighties. Um, yeah, it was eighties, like mid eighties. And he, I would be in my, in the car with my mom because everyone listened to Howard then. And he would say something funny and you would look around and everybody in their bumper to bumper in the bumper to bumper traffic was laughing. Like everyone was <laughs> listening to the show. It was really crazy. And I, I, I didn't know that, you know, 20 plus years later, that would all come in handy as a, a career choice. But, but it's, it certainly did, you know? Wow. In in Ohio, actually, I just uh, last night was with my buddy Zach Spuckler, who's based out I think Toledo is where he's at too. And uh, Ohio, I love it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I love about the one thing people are like, "Oh, you're from Ohio." They always mix it up because it's Iowa. Everybody mixes up Ohio, Idaho, and Iowa. Do you ever get that? Interesting. No, but that's really I I can see how that happens. (laughs) Yeah. So so you listen to Howard Stern. And yeah. when you were a kid and did that like inspire you to get into the finding your own voice and doing your own show? Was that kind of the first beginning of where you realized what you wanted to do? No, actually it was, it was uh, kind of the opposite because I, I grew up a, uh, a drummer, which is by, by default, um, a, a supporting instrument. And, and if you guys hear my voice a little weird, it's cause I played a gig last night. We opened for the Naval Awesome. Uh, not open, but the we had the naval uh, Christmas party. So we, we're here in San Diego. So there's a lot of military, and one of the aircraft carriers had their Christmas party uh, at you know one of the nice hotels, and and we played last night. So I'm a little. It was a late night. Um, but uh, so I apologize for my scratchy voice. I've got my water right here. Um, but uh, you know, being a being a guy who you know, I went to music school in the early '90s in Florida, actually a little south of you in Palm Beach, and um, you know, I, I've spent. I spent 10 years as a touring drummer and, and, and was just in a very supporting role, but always kind of auxiliary was, you know, I loved stand-up comedy, loved entertainment and showbiz. And, um, I was working with a guy or I was working with a company doing some social media training for them uh, a few years ago. And one of their guys was this really amazing public speaker. I mean, I saw him speak in front of 10,000 people huge motivational guy. His name is David T.S. Wood. Nice. And 
And uh, he's really good, really close with, um, you know, Jack Canfield and John Gray and and uh, Marcy Shimoff and all those people that were in The Secret and stuff. And he's part of the Transformational Leadership Council and just this really baller public speaker. And he came to me with a YouTube question. He said, uh, you know, I remember what it was, but I said, you know, David, I, I can answer that. And, and I did but we should really think about growing your brand. And I said, uh, he said, well, how do we do that? And I said, well, you know, um, what about a podcast? And he said, well, what's a podcast? <laughs> and I said, well, it's like a radio show and you, and you, you listen to it. Uh, you download it on demand. And that began something we launched in 2012 called The Kick-Ass Life with David Wood. And prior to that, I'd been a, a, a web guy and a designer like all through the 90s and, and a branding guy. Um, so I was able to create this this entire brand uh, around what he was trying to do. And the show became a big hit. I mean, instantly it was like one of the top 10 shows in, in health, which is a, 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 the overall category in, on iTunes. Really, really great. And self-help, it was always one of the top couple of shows. And, and um, after doing that for about 18 months, David was climbing Mount Kilimanjaro and we had, you know, a bunch of shows in the can, but not quite enough. And I decided to step in and I was very fine, by the way, being, you know, supporting cast yeah. uh, on that show. I didn't need to be, you know, front of the house at all. And it was, it's the drummer in me, you know, I, I ended up doing this 45 minute show on social media and like how to use social media to, as a solopreneur to sell your business without people knowing that they're being sold to, you know, it's kind of one of those deals. And yeah. I just turned on the mic. I did, you know, 45 minutes. I, I flowed through it, you know, had a lot of good website plugs, something I call integration now that I didn't know what it was at the time. Um, I, you know, I hit stop and I said, wow, that was really easy and comfortable. That was kind of like, huh, all right, well, I guess I can do that. And then I had all this feedback from the show. They were like, um, you should do that. That should be a thing you do. <laughs> I said, oh, maybe I should start a podcast. And and then I had uh, one of the cool things about living in San Diego is we have a lot of great entrepreneurs here. And you do. Um, I'm fortunate enough that a bunch of my are friends now. And, and I had uh, was having lunch with a guy named Pat Flynn, who's smartpassiveincome.com, for those of you who don't know him. And Pat's awesome and super cool dude. And uh, we just hung out for a couple hours and we chatted about, you know, life and, and uh, girls and cars and <laughs> you know, clothes and whatever you talk about for a couple hours with a dude. And, and we were walking out of that lunch and he stopped and he said, dude, thank you. I never get to do that. And I said, what do you mean? He said, well, whenever I talk, it's always about SPI. It's always about smart passive income, whether it's, you know, whether it's with friends or it's on, you know, a show, I'm always essentially being interviewed about SPI. So it was really cool to, to talk about everything but that, to which I thought, hmm, what an interesting idea for a show. And uh, with that premise in mind of what happens if I started a podcast and talked around everything that people knew about these people, you know, it was easy to find out, you know, if I, my goal was, I don't want my show to be, to have anything to do with what they have on their about page. You know, I like, I can explain their about page when I introduce them on the show, but I want to hear the rest of it. I want to hear like behind how the they, scenes. You want to hear what yeah. makes them tick, how, what got them to where they are and what they like to do, which is very interesting because a lot of people don't see that in, in influencers or podcasters or other, other people out there. Like, how do you date? How do you date a non-entrepreneur girl? Yeah. Or how do you seriously like the things like that? What, what do you, 
you know, how are you, how are you, um, how do you parent? How do you like, you know, what are you into? What kind of things are you into? You know, how do you spend your free time? How do you have fun? Those kinds of things. And so that was the concept behind the solopreneur hour. And I launched that in uh, August of 2013 and I've done now, I don't know, five, five something, 510 episodes or something so far, 512. I don't know what it is, but, um, but it's been awesome. It's been a, it, it was, it, you know, was a good, you know, I, it would ramped up at 45 degrees for a few months and, um, it's been, you know, a really life changing show where now it's, you know, it, it was able to be monetized pretty quickly and, so, you know, it's open speaking gigs and it really changed everything. So, so let me ask you this with the, how you structure that show to ask questions that aren't really targeted towards what they do for business. Yeah. What are some, I guess, some moments where really surprised you with the answers that I gave you. And then also with all the, the interviews that you have done, what are some of the trends that you see with these people based on their, their private life? Well, so the, the cool part about, and this is, this is the part that I didn't realize is that I, I feel like I backed the right horse. When you, when you listen to someone like Howard Stern, uh, who definitely has his controversial side, yeah. but he's probably our, generation's greatest interviewer. He's just fantastic at the art of the interview and bringing people that don't want to talk about stuff sometimes into a place where their publicist is running down the hallway going, stop talking. You know, like he's really great at getting people to, to admit things and say things. <laughs> and, and I think a lot of that was a lot of the, the subtext was absorbed by me without me realizing it. So what happens on the show is that yeah, we talk about all of these, you know, um, these lessons and, and these things that they do in their regular life. But, but the, the, the subtext that happens is all of these killer business tips and tricks. And I, they, I, I Trojan horse, the quote unquote, you know, valuable, uh, what do they call it? Uh, action content, action content, yeah. value moms. I Trojan horse that on the audience, like they learn it but it's wrapped in this little entertaining candy shell instead of just like 10 tips for how to blog better. You know what I mean? Like they'll get those 10 tips, but it's, it's within the, it's woven into the narrative that we do throughout the show. So it makes every show unique and different and, and hopefully interesting and entertaining because my goal has always been to entertain first. Like if I can entertain you, just like your favorite teacher did when you were a kid, when you're, when your favorite, you would like look forward to going to Mr. Orozco's class because yeah. he was, he would always tell you stories about, you know, his skiing or something. And somehow wrapped into those stories was a great like math lesson or a great English lesson or something. You're like, wow, that was really cool. And you still remember that story years later. So that was the idea behind the show. And I, I would say that the common themes between a lot of people are, um, the, a lot of them like to read. Um, a lot of them, uh, have, they embrace something that I've really had to embrace this year, which is don't schedule your priorities. Uh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Uh, don't schedule your priorities, prioritize your schedule. Yes. So, um, or I'm sorry, I, I got that backwards. Don't, don't prioritize your schedule, schedule your priorities. And, um, I told you it's early for me right now. <laughs> and, uh, and so with meaning that, that if there are important things in your life, get them on your schedule. Like, so if you want to work out, get it on your schedule. If you want to do a morning, I do a morning entrepreneurial walk. I didn't today. 
obviously. Um, but I do a morning entrepreneurial walk where, you know, I'll take 90 minutes and I will, I have a beautiful park right by my house called Balboa Park. And I'll just take a brisk walk in the morning and I will listen to either an audiobook or some sort of, you know, entrepreneurial podcast. Um, but, but not any of the, like I listen to like someone maybe on the Tim Ferriss show or Pat Flynn or something, but, but that's it. That's the only entrepreneurial content I consume. I don't know anybody's name, you know, in the industry. I don't know what products they have. I yeah. don't do it because all I do is listen to stand up comedy and stuff about like the Pittsburgh Steelers. So those are the things I listen to in my regular, regular during the course of the day. And, um, so, but, but everyone that is really motivated does that. Like, that's a thing where they have, they, they put time aside for input and, you know, for either reading or for listening or something like that. They take time typically to support their body. You know, they're, they're typically trying to stay in, in decent shape. So they, so, and not only, not only to look good, but just to feel good feel and, and keep the engine running because being an entrepreneur can sometimes be late hours or, or you know, higher stress or that kind of thing. So you got to be able to handle that stuff. And, um, and then the, the, the other theme is sort of that they, especially once they've achieved some level of success that they're, they're typically very happy to give back and to share their knowledge. Um, sometimes for cost, sometimes for free. Which, which I love too. So just to, to summarize what you talked about, it's entertainment and then storytelling, because you could give great tips all day, but if you're not entertaining or if you're not telling different stories, people aren't going to listen and they're going to be less likely to understand it because it's proven when you tell stories, people are more likely to listen to it all and retain the information, and especially when you entertain people. Because I, mean, I, I love the where you said with your teacher that you had. I mean, I remember some of my past as a childhood where I had that teacher, I had that person in my life that they did something that made me never forget them. And because of that, there may be one takeaway that I took away from that that I used in my life, which is good for anybody. Listen, if you are going to do a show, it doesn't have to be all based off of what you do. I mean, you're asking the questions that aren't targeted to the person, but have it entertaining and make it where people want to, to actually listen to it. So I just did last night, I went to a, it was a Orlando improv and com oh, cool. comedy shows. And you know, that takes talent because like, when they go up on stage, literally the first two jokes that they create, like it's going to could make or break them because people are judging. They're very critical on everything. And one person went on stage and they just didn't have it that night. And they could tell. And they did a couple jokes. The crowd wasn't taking it. We weren't really entertained. And they actually left early because they couldn't control that situation and the audience. They didn't entertain us enough. And if they would have at the beginning, we would have been more likely to listen. So that I think that's a great tip for anybody listening to want to do their own podcast show. Make sure you entertain. Make sure you tell great stories. So let's jump in to the whole interview aspect of everything. And this is what you do, the art of the interview. Yeah. And I think a lot of can, you. Yep. Can I, can I ask you something about last night? So was it an improv show or a stand-up show? It, the place was called Orlando Improv. Okay. So that's a stand up. Okay. So Stay the improv, the improv is a uh, stand up uh, franchise. So the, there's okay. improvs all over the country. Yeah. I'm, I'm hugely into stand up. So you saw stand up. The cool thing about stand up comedy is, and I've had a number of comedians on my show, including Adam Carolla and some of these really awesome dudes that, that nothing, first of all, no one's judged more than yeah. a stand up <laughs> no. and, and no one's judged more often. So 
It's like you have literally seconds. Um, if you think about what we have to go through as an entrepreneur, you have an idea and you flesh out the concept and you maybe do some kind of testing. You hope to test it with your audience and say, hey, is this something that you'd be interested in? And then you create a product of, of some sort and then you put it out to the world and people vote with their credit card. So they either like it or they don't. Yeah. Or, or maybe, it need, maybe you got to work on, maybe the, the product is good, but you have to work on the delivery mechanism a little like, okay, they, they weren't into webinars. Let me try Facebook Live or let me try my emailing list or let me try you know, something else. And so we, we go through, and then when you think about how a, a standup has to go through their, their life, they think of a concept, they have a premise, then they, they work on that premise, then they have to deliver the product on stage, and then they have to get feedback from their audience, whether it's good or bad, and then they have to go back and tweak it, um, maybe remove words or explain the premise a little bit more, then they have to figure out how to deliver it in the best way. So it's literally exactly the same, but they're doing it with, a, with words for instant feedback. Yes, and, and, and also they're interacting with the audience by asking them questions. And one of the great, have you ever heard of the comedian Jiggy? Jiggy, I've not, no. So Jiggy was the lead one, which we got free tickets to the show. So my co-host for a TV show, Greg Roulette, he, he's, uh, we do the show Ambitious Adventures, but he used to be a rapper back in the day. So Greg used to rap with Jiggy back in the day. Then now Jiggy has become a stand-up comedian and he just knocked out of the par. It was so funny what he did. But you're right, like he, he told stories and then it's the punchline, like you can't mess it up. And it's also interacted with the audience along the way. And I think for business, like Greg and I were talking, like we inspire, motivate, educate people. But when you got to really like entertain them and keep on point the whole time, like it gets to be a little harder. And you, you can come back. Like if we're creating a show together, you can make a comeback halfway through. But for a comedian, like you got to do it right off the bat. If you don't, you kind of lost them. Yeah. It's well, it's, it's, there's nothing harder. I don't think than, than being a stand up. You got to, it's it's years of suffering for a potential of maybe getting to be somewhat known. Yeah, you know it's not exactly this this thing. So, so. I highly suggest anybody listening, like go check out a stand up comedian show and just watch how they do it. I think it could really give you insight on how to do your own for business or even interviewing. Which let's go into that. So the art of the interview. Yeah, and I'm even going to learn stuff from you. I'm excited to learn from this, and also anybody listening want to do their own podcast show. So what is the art of the interview? How do you become a better interviewer? And what are some techniques that you teach people and you do in your own business? Well, so what I realized is as I've been going through this, um, this journey of, of having the solopreneur hour, I would get these comments from people that they would be like, yeah, it was cool. I had blankety blank on my show, but they wouldn't share it for me. And I thought that's weird because they always share mine. So why are they sharing my, my show with their audience, but they're not sharing other people's shows with their audience? And what would happen is I'd hit stop and they would go, wow, that was great. Like, that was really a fun, that was like one of the best shows I've ever done. And I said, oh, cool, that's awesome. And then I would say, you know, is that something you'd be willing to do? Would you be willing to share that with your audience? Oh yeah, definitely let me know, blah, blah, blah. great. And so I had enough people that started asking me you know, like Pat Flynn says, you're my favorite show to do. Yeah. I said, okay, that's awesome. 
Um, you know, and that's, that was one of many people that would say, Hey, I've got this new thing coming out. I really want to do your show. Yours is my favorite. I said, all right, that's awesome. Let's do that. Why is that the case? And so then I had people, I have a coaching group called solo lab and, and a bunch of people would write to me and said, you know, I want to do a podcast and I want to interview better. Um, can you teach me how to do that? And I was like, I don't, I don't even know how to begin to tell someone how to be a better conversationalist. That's (laughs) what it, that's what it's all about. It's about you know, it's about being able to connect disparate dots when someone brings up a topic and you being able to 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 sort of hear the 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 sinew, the connection between the question they're asking and then what your audience needs to hear. And then you have to be able to weave that together into a into a narrative or or a or a set of questions. And that's like, I don't know how to teach someone to do that. That's like a I've been learning that my whole life. So um, that was the first challenge is, okay, if I were to do this, how would I even break this down? So I did it in a time a timeline. So before the interview, during the interview and after the interview. So these are things that you do before, during and after. Okay. So that was the, that was the first thing is like, let me figure out how to even present this to humans. Um, but what I discovered is when you hear that, that, that um, response from someone that says, wow, I've never been asked that before. Yeah. That's a, that's music to an interviewer's ears, it because is. especially when they've, you know, you know, that person's been on dozens and dozens or hundreds of shows. It's like, oh, that's, that's great. So what I realized is as podcasters, we've been backing the wrong horse. We've been following people that let's say have good marketing or got lots of downloads, but that never meant that they were a good podcaster. It just meant that they were good at marketing or got lots of downloads, Right. So I started looking back at, well, what makes a good broadcaster? You know, what in, in actual media, because what people don't realize is podcasting is just a form of media it is. As, is, as is blogging. I mean, we saw in the presidential election how important these news stories and, and what happened was a lot of fake news stories came to um, be highlighted and people believed them. So they, the people that didn't realize that when they wrote these stories, and I think some did and some didn't, but there's a responsibility of the truth that used to be the cornerstone of journalism that is, is literally gone now. Like it's completely gone. And you, someone can just write a story. It can be completely fake. And then it, gets, it goes viral. And so I said, all right, what if I brought the sort of integrity back to the art of the podcast where... Like you actually had to be a good host, just like you would at your house. You wouldn't, you wouldn't bring someone, you know, into your home for a holiday party and say, all right, um, the booze is in the cabinet. Go introduce yourself around to everybody. Yeah. But, but we do that all the time on podcasts. We're like, you know, we bring someone on and say, hey, you know, we've, uh, I shared a little bit of your story. Why don't you tell the rest? And it's like, well, that's not my job. That's your job. You're the host. You're supposed to be getting this uh, out from me. And if you noticed, I ninja'd you at the beginning of this show. You a did bit ninja me <laughs> because I, I did. I didn't want you to do that. I didn't want you to say, "All right, now you tell your whole story." So I said, "Ask me a pointed question, and I'll tell that part of it." And so I did that, and then you followed up with a couple of other great pointed questions, and it was a way better narrative. It was a way better conversation than it would have been if I was just like, "All right, well, I started here, and then." literally 30 years later, I'm doing this now. And that's more entertaining for an audience member. And 
the, the thing we want to do, always remember as a podcaster is that we want our guests to feel coddled. We want them to feel catered to because they're doing you a favor. They're providing a bunch of, you know, free content for your Valley. audience. Yes. Right. And so, yeah, value bombs, right? They're providing a bunch of that content. So you want them to, to uh, hang up on that call and go, well, that was great. That was a really great experience. When that show comes out, I'm going to share it, A. And B, I'm going to connect this person with my other influencer friends, right? So those are the two outcomes as a podcaster you want. If you're a crappy podcaster, neither of those things happen. So um, that, that, if you want, go ahead. That, no, that's, I'm really, I'm interested. It's this great point of view because I look back on all the shows I've done or February will be two years now. And every show I start off by asking the person, I briefly talk about it, but I say, lead me back to where you got started and just tell the journey because I love the story aspect. And during the story is when you can kind of really pinpoint different things, but also like when you can go down a path, like you said, when they're like, oh, I've never been asked that. Or when the guest actually talks about something they've never talked about before. And for me as a guest, when I go on shows, I've been on probably over a hundred shows. When I go on the show, when I end up getting done with the show and I talk about something that I've never shared before, like, I'm like, wow, that, that was fun, you know? Right. So yeah. that, that's a good point. I guess it's a good takeaway for that is that if you do, create that experience on the show, it's going to be win-win for both sides. That's right. And, and the idea is, so if you go with that in mind, you say, okay, I'm going to make this a great experience for this person who's, who's nice enough to spend their time with me, you know, then how can I do that? All right. So they're going to have whatever they have. So that means that we have to um, promote whatever they have. So that's, you know, you'll hear again, <clears throat> multiple times from the, the greats or the people that are on TV now, They'll promote, like when Brad Pitt comes on Jimmy Kimmel's show, Jimmy Kimmel will promote his movie 10 times during the course of the, the interview. And that's a seven minute interview. You'll say, remember, uh, blah, blah, blah comes out on Friday. So Brad, blah, 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 right? So that, that's something that they weave into the questions. That's a professional hosting move. Um, one thing you want to do and one think of is <clears throat> think, about, think about yourself like this. You are the Rosetta Stone uh, between your audience and that guest. That guest doesn't know anything about your audience. And this is why it's such a dangerous practice to have the, the guest just tell their story because you don't, that, that guest doesn't know your audience at all. Like I'm sitting here in the guest spot. I don't know how your audience likes to listen. I don't know how old they are. I don't know if they're more men or more women. I don't know. Like I have no idea. So it's your job as the host to be the translator between me and your audience. And to do that, you go, okay, I'm going to have Michael O'Neill on the show today. He knows a lot about podcasting. He knows a lot about interviewing. I want this lesson to be the lesson that my audience gets. So then you start sort of crafting your narrative around that, that idea first, first and foremost. So that's right. You know, that's a good point. You know, that's a good lesson to me being in mind because I've always done the assumption. So for my show, what, what my audience is, is a young entrepreneur, either they're in college and they're looking to do their own thing, or it is somebody that's uh, fresh out of college, they're working in the nine to five, they got their side gig and they're ready to jump in. They just don't know quite yet what to do with it. But that's my right. audience. And going in, I guess, 
it would have been better for me looking back on it for anybody listening for your own experience too. I should have sent you right at the beginning or said before the show started, said assuming, saying, Hey, Michael, my audience is a young entrepreneur that's about to jump an entrepreneur. Then you could craft that whole story targeted towards them. Well, so I would, I would one up you there and say, no, you shouldn't do that. You should be asking questions from me again, more uh, within that narrative. You should be asking questions from me. You would, you would say, cause everything, everything I have, you've got in front of you right now. So you said, um, Hey, Michael, you went to, this would be an example. You'd be like, Hey, Michael, you went to Temple University in Philadelphia. Um, what, what did you study? What was the, what was the course you had? And then blah, blah. And so then I would be able to tell that I'd say, well, it was actually broadcasting telecommunications and mass media, but I didn't realize I'd be using it because I ended up a web guy. Then I would tell the story of me being a web guy. And that's kind of what I did for 15 years without you being like, oh, tell your story from beginning to end. Because you, you would say something like, you know, would uh, craft, Michael- Would craft the questions in a way that would get the answers out where you would cater to that audience. Well, and you would train me. You would train me on your audience. You'd be like, so Michael, um, we have a lot of college age people that listen to this. You went to Temple University. Um, tell me what happened like right after college. What was your, you know what I mean? Yeah. So then I know, then, then, you're, then you're teaching me as you're asking the question, how to frame it for your audience so, versus so, like, I'm just, I'm telling a story about delivering papers when I was seven. So, right. So this, I, I love this. So, so based off of your experience and also, I mean, when you first, you jumped into the entrepreneurship world for my listeners that have yet to jump in and have actually cracked the code of figuring out how to make money doing their own thing. Yeah. How did you figure out with your podcast show and then your own business, how do you learn to go from not doing your own thing to doing your own thing and actually monetizing off of it? Because I know a lot of people, they struggle with figuring out how to make money showing or offering the value that they have for their company. Yeah. So that was, that's an example of a better question. It is. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a better question. So right now we've learned uh, just that exact thing. Do you want me to actually answer that question? I, or do you I want actually, me to still talk about the art of the interview? I, you know, <clears throat> if you could answer that question, Quick, I guess that's not even a quick question. If you could answer that, then I want to jump back in because that is one okay. thing I do. And I know the answer, but there's a lot of people that they still don't know how to make money with what they do. They they have the business, they have the gig, but it doesn't actually make money yet, especially with the podcasting. I mean, for me, like my revenue stream is I don't do any sponsorship. I do different outlets for selling my own things. So like for you, like how have you been able to do it? And in other areas, how did you learn how to make money with your business? Well, so I think the, the, there's a simple answer to this and that is patience. So now that I know how old your audience is, <laughs> it is patience. <laughs> um, is that the, I think right now, I think, uh, this entrepreneurship is almost a trend. It's almost a trendy thing that's happening in 2016. It is. And people expect to, to leave, you know, school and then actually never get a job. They just want to get right into being an entrepreneur and it's fine. That's, that's okay. But part of what makes people, unless you're a, a, a real visionary, um, but if you look at Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs and those guys, they have, they already had a skill set. They were, you know what I mean? Yeah. They were, they had been, they had been doing computer stuff for their whole lives. They, like since they were little kids, they've been taking apart computers and putting them back together and, and engineering and writing software and things like that, that you can't, you can't start something without something 
of substance on the back end. So you can't just come out of college with like a general associate's degree or a bachelor's degree in like English lit and go, all right, now I'm going to go make a million dollars in the software industry. You're like, that's not how that works. So I do think that there's merit in getting actual jobs for a while, uh, you know, for the first couple of years out of school and seeing what's involved in, in, in building the businesses. My friend Tara right now really wants to open a coffee shop. She's been on her own for like two or three years trying to start her, whatever it is. She's got like a coaching business here and she does yoga and that kind of thing. And she, there's a lot of those here in, in Encinitas that everyone wants to be like a health yoga coach person. And, but there's nothing behind it. I mean, she knew how to do yoga, right? And she knew nutrition, which is great. But then she, this is where the, the dots connected. She said, you know what I want to do is I want to open a healthy coffee shop like that has bulletproof coffee or something like that or, you know, and has all really great, super healthy food. I'm like, okay, now you're talking. Now there's an entrepreneurship side. So what did she do? She went to work. Now she's an employee at a coffee shop because she's learning how the business works. I'm like, glory be, hallelujah. Yeah. That is what you do. You have to, you have to put the dots together. First, you've got the idea. Then you're like, all right, now I need the training for the idea. You got to go train. You got to go do it. You know, I'm, if I looked at just this phase of my, my life, this entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship phase, I mean, I was an employee forever. I mean, I was an employee from 94, well, I shouldn't say forever, 94, eight years, I suppose I put in, yeah. but then I was on my own as a freelancer, but still that's the same, like you're still hustling and working your butt off for somebody else. And then it wasn't until 2009 that I really, um, that, uh, you know, shifted. And so what are we now? That's about eight years ago that I've been working on this. Yeah. But, but it's not even that. It's just that I did, I, I scratched and scrounged and like, and hustled for five years before I started making six figures. And so it's like you guys, and I, I don't, I'm, I'm saying you guys as a Gen Xer, like you, you whippersnappers, the, the people that, that are expecting that all of this stuff is going to come within a couple of months. Like, dude, I've had my blog for three months and I'm, I'm not even making six figures yet. You're like, well, what planet are you on that that's going to happen? So I, I think there are room, there's room for, for hits where sometimes someone just like hits the right industry and they, and they, they pick it and they nail it and they're, they're a breakout hit. But usually it's the same thing that standups go through. It's the same thing that bands go through, which is 10 to 15 years of slogging and then all of a sudden you're a 10 year overnight success. hundred percent. And that's why I love the, it's patience and it's the different things that you did, the different companies you started that didn't make any money and then make it a pivot and then go into something else. And all of a sudden you pick one thing that does hit it. And then right. all of a sudden they're like, Oh, you got lucky and it. You made a six figure business in a matter of a couple of months. Well, no, look at the 10 years of all the, the shit that I did to get to that point. So again, it's patience. And I think, People see and the big thing right now, the trend of entrepreneurship, they see what Gary Vee puts out and all these entrepreneurs that, I mean, they're making millions of dollars. But I mean, that's like the point that for the majority of people that make that amount, but also how long it took to get there. I mean, we're talking 15, 20 years to get to that point. And you see this kid that's in college and they think, well, I can just be the next Mark Zuckerberg. Well, I'm here to tell you, like, it's it's very rare that that happens. And I'm not saying it's not possible, but it's very rare that it happens that early on in life. Yeah. And 
I mean, Gary, Gary worked for, you know, 15 years at his dad's wine shop. Yeah. And then he, then he put out a thousand episodes of wine library, wine library.tv to build his brand. And he had to, I mean, he did that over the course of what, three, four years of putting out all those episodes. Yeah. So it's not like, Again, and then, you know, he made a couple of shrewd moves and, 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 you know, definitely had a, a hit. And now he's just a, now he's just a, 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 a product of his own brand, you know, but, but he had to get there, man. It's a product of his own brand, but also, I mean, what's interesting, they just rolled out is, I mean, he's putting all these videos out there, but he has created this opportunity for people. His team will consult with you to create videos, and the fee is $25,000 a month. I just, well, some of my team actually looked into this $25,000 a month and a two year contract. So we're talking 600 grand and yeah. for them to create, which he's built up that brand, and, and people are willing to pay that. I, I can see 20 other ways to use 600 grand to make more money, but right. he's built up that brand. So again, I mean, it's all that years, and eventually, when you put enough out there, just like you for all the interviews you've done and becoming a great interviewer with the art of the interview, like you did all that stuff to be able to get to that point where you can charge what you want and have that status. Yeah. And, and I think that, you know, for me, I love the medium. I love podcasting in general. And, you know, when I get calls from people like Michael Stelzner, who does social media marketing world, it's like yeah. a really big conference. And he says, look, you know, you're one of the best in the biz. Will you come and interview all of our keynote speakers live? And I'm like, yeah, let's do Hell it. Yeah. So that's what I did. You know, it was like Joel Com and Pat Flynn. And um, I don't even remember who we, we had, but it was like, it was, you know, it was like all these Titans, uh, Chris Brogan and, and stuff. And I'm live in front of 600 people, Dai Kawasaki you know, live in front of 600 people. And I, that means I have to have my, my shit together. I don't know if I can say shit. <laughs> yeah, Sorry. you can say shit. <laughs> um, but, 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 I, but that's like, that's the culmination of literally listening to stand up comedy for years and great interviewers for years and listening to how they, how they structure and, and how they move an audience through a, through an energy. And that's to me, the, the really important part of this, you know? So what, um, what do you, sorry, you know, and you know, I could honestly have this conversation go for a couple hours and you are very, I mean, you already know this, but you're very good at what you do. Uh, I've enjoyed this show. Uh, it's one of my top shows out of the, the 200 that I've done. So what would you say is like the number one mistakes that, that podcasters make for their shows? Like what are the main things that they do wrong during the show? And I already made a couple. <laughs> Where's well? I, 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 I don't want to. I don't want to throw you into the bus. No, like, no. You know, like and I, um, and I, I, I'm owning that, and it, it's good because you know I'm already learning more. So what? What are some of the main ones uh, that they make? I will say unequivocally that the how this started and how it's ended is very different. It is. So it's really good. Um, but so the first thing is people are following the wrong people. Um, they're they're not listening to the right kind of shows for inspiration. They're looking at the people that have made a lot of money, but maybe those aren't necessarily people that are good at, at this. Um, they might be good marketers, put it that way. So so there's a couple of great shows, one called Off Camera with Sam Jones. If you really want to hear how a beautiful question is structured to get great stories, um, he does a great job. Tim Ferriss now does a great job. He used to, to be terrible. His first episodes were awful, awful, awful. And he, in very Tim Ferriss style, like accelerated himself and just kept learning from the best. And, and now is 
is much better. It's still a little stifled, but but is a much better interviewer than he was at the beginning. So so first and foremost, follow the good ones and, you know, go online, watch Barbara Walters interview, watch John Stewart, watch someone, um, uh, Charlie Rose, like, you know, think about how or listen to how they conduct interviews and you're going to go, oh, so that's first and foremost. Um, the second one thing that really bothers the hell out of me is um, is the intro. People are terrible at introducing guests. And did you ever see Eight Mile with Eminem? I love Eminem. Yeah, great movie, right? A great that. So that last scene in Eight Mile, and I think everyone here has seen that. But I'll reiterate it. So they're in a rap battle, and he's against the bad guys, but he's got to go first, and that's not the good slot to be in when you're doing a rap battle. You got to go. You want to go second because you want them to say all the stuff about you first so you, you can counter it. But Eminem has to go first. And do you remember what Eminem did in that, in that rap battle that, that made him win it? He basically, yes, I, I love this show. He pointed out all the things that the other component, the opponent would have made shit out of him during his rap. So he basically made fun of himself in a way, but then turned around and then basically targeted the, his opponent. Right. So he he what he took all of his ammo away is what he did. So Eminem like bagged on himself the whole time so that by the other time, by the time the other guy got to go, he had nothing left. He had literally no ammo to choose. That is the that is what a great intro does for a guest. So if you can think of like eight mile, what what we could have done if we had to go back in time right now and um, and you had to inter, in, introduce me on this particular show. You could say, um, well, two, two, two things about it. Number one, the, the two most important words of an intro are the person's name. And those go at the very end of the intro. So you never utter their name before the very end of the intro. That's first and foremost. You say, today's guest uh, was a web designer for 15 years. He tragically lost his parents, which completely reset his life in 2009. He has since built one of the most popular business podcasts in the entrepreneurship uh, world called the Solopreneur Hour, which has more than 8 million downloads and uh, monetized to multiple six figures. He has a new course out called The Art of the Interview, which uh, teaches people how to give better podcast interviews and grow their business much faster with the art of podcasting. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael O'Neill. So right there, Boom. You, just, you just told my whole story in 30 seconds, your audience has complete and utter context of who I am. And I don't know what I'm going to say now. Now I've now that my story's been told and you've told me everything that I was going to tell you. Now I got to be unique and original and interesting. You, you, right? you know, I think this show has completely made me rethink on a different strategy. I mean, I'm not saying that I won't do the how I tell that have the person tell the story, but it's it's going to change how I do the intro, which yeah. thank you, by the way. And <laughs> it, it, I think it, it, it is going to be much more beneficial for the audience. So thank you that it, it, this is, I think this is one of the best learning shows on podcasting that I have done. Uh, and I, I wish we didn't have to go <laughs> because yeah, there's sorry, a lot more. Run. No, there's a lot more we're talking about, but where can, I guess one more thing before we go into where people can find you, what would be your best advice? For any college students listening, anybody, a young entrepreneur, your best advice to them, and it doesn't even have to be specifically on podcasting or business, like your advice to them to have a successful life. Don't take advice from broke, unhappy people. 
I agree. That's my main one. I agree. Oh, yeah. that's some good stuff, man. Well, hey, yeah. uh, wh where's the best way to connect with you, buddy? All right. So this is, you mind if we have another learning moment? Another learning moment. Yes. Not, that's not my job. It, my job is not to tell your audience how they can connect with you, of me. It's your job. So everybody, li so. everybody listening, if you want to learn from Michael O'Neill, which I, I highly suggest, and if you want to check out his, his content, go to www.artoftheinterview.com or he has a podcast show, The Solopreneur, which I'm going to listen to now as well. And I, you know, I love this because Michael on the other end right now is probably like, this guy is like, I completely showed him some tips on this show, on his own show, which you have. And kudos to you, man. Like, this has been a lot of fun for me. And I know it's a good learning moment. And thank you. I appreciate you. And until next time, everyone, you know what time it is. Go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable. Because life is too short not to. I'm Brendan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. I hope you enjoyed the show with Michael O'Neill. Dude, this guy knows his stuff. I would check out his program if I were you, The Art of the Interview, because I mean, for what he taught me on the show, I can only imagine what he teaches in his workshops for helping people become a better interviewer and asking the right questions. And also you can go to BrandonCAdams.com and check out all the notes on this show. We have all the links there and everything for you to check back to. And also, if you haven't done so already, I have a new website up. It is livetogrind.com. Yes, live to grind. For all you out there that you live to grind in your own business and you want to take your business to the next level and really just work your ass off, you got to check out our website. We have different programs there. We have content for you to consume. And also we have our accelerator program. So if you want to become a better podcaster, if you want to become an influencer in your field, if you're in college and you want to learn to become an influencer, become more, more successful in business while in college and start your own business and make money while you're going to school, or maybe you're in real estate and you want to become a successful real estate agent and up your game and be on top of the game from everybody else out there. We teach it all in our accelerator programs and the live has everything for you. Check it out. Let me know what you think. Send me a Snapchat, btadams18. Let me know what you think of our website. Seriously, I we want to make it the best website ever for you, and we can't do that unless you give us feedback. So that is it for today's show, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it, and until next time, go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brian C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. <laughs>